everybody if you haven't heard about anchor it's the easiest way to make a podcast let me explain it's free there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on spotify apple podcast and many more you can make money on your podcast with no minimum listenership it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello, everybody. My name is Joshua Maria, and I'd like to welcome you guys to Extra Duty. Here with me, I am with my co-host, still co-host, uh, Norvell, uh, Mac Norvell. What's up, Mac? How you doing, everybody? Uh, so for everybody that's listening at home on uh, either, whether it be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or even watching on YouTube, um, you know, you guys can actually see us now and you can see my beautiful blue pink shirt. <laughs> uh, today's guest that we have on with us today is actually uh, First Sergeant Linker. Uh, he's he is a phenomenal first sergeant. He has a great history that he's um, had in the military. Um, he has a very stern face. So if you guys see it on YouTube, don't feel scared of it. He smiles every once in a while. Um, <laughs> but hey, uh, what's up, First Sergeant? Uh, mind introducing hey, yourself? Hey, uh, I'm First Sergeant uh, Linker. i the first time for the uh, brigade signal company for 18th field artillery brigade uh just interested in seeing what you, what kind of questions you guys have and uh, seeing how i can help awesome so i mean obviously first time you know that we we're, we're we mostly sit here and we talk about um uh mental health in the military and just not not what's wrong with it what it is any of that we actually talk about real people's actual mental health in the military that they they need to start sharing because talking about it, communication is so much more than being aware um, I say it a lot, and I'm tired of just spreading awareness. I want to spread actual communication about these things, about the traumas that most people have gone through, the traumas that people are going through now. Um, so I guess we could just jump in with the first question. You want to go ahead? Uh, yeah. So uh, first one, how many, how many uh, I guess, how many deployments have you been on? I've had three tours to Iraq. Three tours time. Jesus. Uh, so obviously, you know, you going over to Iraq. We're, we're, your first time going to Iraq, what, what rank were you? Uh, first time going to Iraq, I had been out of AAIT for four months. Wow. Uh, <laughs> That's jumping right into the wall. Yeah. Getting so your we feet can, wet early. And you know the drill sergeants are always like, hey, you're, you're headed to Iraq when you're in basic training in AIT. They're like, hey, you know, straight out of here, you're headed to Iraq. Well, that was really the case, so. I got to Fort Bragg, and four months later, I was in Iraq. How long you been at Fort Bragg? Uh, I did 10 and a half years on Fort Bragg, uh, then left, went to Korea for two years, and then 3rd Infantry Division for three years, and then I came back to Fort Bragg. Hell yeah. I mean, Fort Bragg is, a, is honestly a great place. Um, and first sergeant, you as a, as a first sergeant, you you've, you you deal with soldiers. Um, I had this conversation with uh, First Sergeant Castleman on uh, our previous season. Mm -hmm. And it was basically, what, what do you do from your level and from your perspective about mental health in, 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 you know, in your ranks? I, I can tell you the biggest thing uh, to identify soldiers that are, are having issues uh, that may be going through a tough time mentally if you know your soldiers, you can identify things like that. So you, you can tell when somebody's down um, and you, you have to ask, hey, how are you doing? I had a soldier, uh, actually it was yesterday. Uh, I talked to a soldier yesterday, he looked down and said, hey, how, how you doing? I'm fine, first sergeant. And he's staring at the ground. So I, I know he's not telling me the truth. You know what I mean? Yeah. So ultimately it comes down to like, hey, uh, 
I'm just gonna let you know, neither one of us leaving the spot we're standing on until you tell me what's going on. With you. Hell yeah. Finally, uh, finally, you know, he came out and told me like, hey, you know, I, I've had an injury. Um, it, it's you know, just being having the injury is bothering him because he feels like he's not contributing to the organization like he used to. We but, yeah, we, yeah. we, yeah, we, I, we talked about that a lot. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it's I think that so physical injuries is a huge issue I mean me personally I have a I, I'm on permanent profile um for my knee I have chronic knee pain I've, I've gone through my my stuff and you know I've damaged it enough and sometimes even with my soldiers I still feel you know where I should be running with them I should be doing certain things with them but I can't and I know for younger soldiers in in a in the younger demographic especially you know brand new privates that get hurt they feel like they're not doing what, you know, as much as the rest of the guys. And it, it, I know it could deter them a lot. And yeah, it, it can become this thing where you don't want to be that guy. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be the blue falcon that's just always on profile, sitting around, just not doing anything because all of my profile. But the reality is that if you're hurt, we need you back to full before you can really start doing anything. Because if you're hurt, you're not going to be able to do anything if you just let it sit until it becomes an actual problem, then that's where the the real problems start. It's not a bad thing to have a profile by any means. No. It's a bad thing to use that to your advantage. Oh yeah. <laughs> First Arn, do you do you um do you have that conversation with your soldiers um often? Like do you, do you have a soldier has a soldier come up to you other than that one soldier about being physically damaged, um, physically hurt and you know wanting to, you know, not feeling as as good as they should. Absolutely. So I think it was Monday. Uh, one of my soldiers was on uh, road guard out there. I'm talking to them. Uh, he's got his, his foot is in a, a boot. Mm-hmm. One of the like temporary casts. So yeah. I, mm-hmm. I'm talking to him about his aspirations in life. I, I know he has goals outside of the military after he uh, serves his time. And I'm talking to him about his uh, injury. And I say, hey, when you get out, um, you have to be able to look back on your military career and say, hey, I did everything I could and be proud of what you did. You know what I mean? Uh, so that you can tell your kids and your 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 grandkids all the good stuff that you did. So he kind of looked he's kind of looking at me weird uh, as I started explaining the story to him. And I think he thinks that I'm going to get on to him for being on profile. Right. Yeah, this this guy's kind of newer to the organization, and then at, you know at the end I close it up with, I'm I'm aware of the fact that you're injured, right? And you need to be aware of the fact that if that time comes where you're at the end of your profile and you still feel injured, you need to tell the doctor so that you're not coming off a profile early while you're still injured and injuring yourself even worse. And then, and I think that's what happens a lot of times with soldiers. Yeah, they come back too soon um, because they feel like, oh, I, I want to be a contributing member to, you know, contribute to the team. They come back too soon, then they re-injure themselves, and it's even more serious now. And they yeah. just continue to injure themselves, and it, and it turns into a big issue. When, Do you? Hey, yeah. Oh, my, I'm sorry. Do you think that 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 kind is the same correlation how with mental health issues that a lot of soldiers have? Like they don't want to come talk about it because obviously the stigma. I mean, obviously you're one of those leaders that understand, which is an important thing. Me seeing leaders that understand is very important to me because it makes me feel like, you know, we know that there is an issue with those onesies and twosies of leaders, and. 
And obviously you're one of those leaders that actually look at that and you know, you're, you, you can see it. You can see when soldiers need that help. But do you feel like soldiers, obviously with the, the, the idea of the stigma, do you think they do the exact same thing? They come back too early after being hurt in some type of way? So with, with behavioral health, uh, I think, one, I think the soldiers don't seek it like they should. I think it's growing. It's, it's, I mean, it's... Oh, it's a phenomenal program. It's awesome. Yeah, and more and more soldiers are coming forward realizing, hey, you know, it's not... I'm not going to get in trouble for uh, going to seek help for this. I'm not going to be looked down upon for going to uh, seek help for this. So I can tell you, I know in my organization, the numbers have grown like a soldier that will come out and say, hey, I'm having a problem. Yeah. Um, but also, I think we need to work on mental strength when it comes to behavioral health, right? Yes. So we, we, we condition our bodies all the time. Of course, the we do. Thing we do Monday through Friday, you know, we're doing PT. But what are we doing for our minds? So uh, a lot of soldiers, I, I think, need to work on strengthening their mindset. And that's a life change. I mean, yes. you, you have to change your whole thought process. Um, a lot of times you have to look for, okay, there's always an answer to every question that is going to get you the outcome that you want, right? Yes. You just have to search for it. And a lot of times, that, that you know, there's a lot of roadblocks, a lot of things in your way, a lot of the people that are going to try to bring you down with them and try to maneuver through all that. Uh, soldiers have a tough time doing that sometimes, I think, especially since, you know, a lot of these uh, young soldiers are coming in to the Army straight out of their mom and dad's house, 18, yeah. 19 years old. So, uh, I, and I've noticed, you know, the ones that have been on their own for four or five years, and then coming to the army, they've already maneuvered through a lot of that stuff. So yeah. generally, they already have that down. But the young soldiers coming in, uh, trying to learn that and deal with the army, <laughs> you know, right, yeah. right into adulthood, it's pretty rough. Uh, I guess we could. I guess so, we could. Yeah, go ahead. So, for I, I have two different questions here. Um, so, for a young soldier, because um, you're very good at spotting when soldiers are down but what about for those soldiers out there who may not necessarily have that kind of leadership who can identify that how like do you have any advice for them on how they can approach their own leadership in talking about mental health yeah like if they're feeling in a rut or if they feel they may be depressed you know how what, what would you say is a good way for them to bring it up with their leadership Tell the truth. And if the first leader doesn't listen, go to their boss, go to their leader. If that leader doesn't listen, go to the next leader. And you can always walk into behavioral health and tell them, Hey, you know, this is, this is what I'm going through. Um, and, and I, you know, I think I need help. Yeah. You can self-refer, you can go there, you can go to the commander. Um, but yeah, talk to the first line leader and if the first line leader doesn't listen, work your way up the chain there until you find somebody that's going to hear what you got to say. And my second question would be, what would be something that people can do to help bring up their own mental strength or mental fortitude? I'm glad you asked. So here's, I can tell you, and I think it starts from childhood, honestly. Um, so one thing you can do is, 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 as we have children, we raise our children uh, with the same mind, with the mindsets. Uh, I can tell you, so I went to a lot of different schools growing up. I grew up very poor. Uh, we didn't have a lot. Of, just, uh, 
<laughs> Cheers to that. <laughs> so, you know, um, I didn't have a lot of, we didn't have a lot of extra stuff, but the, just that stuff alone and moving around, I, I got to see all different kinds of backgrounds, meet people from all over the place, all within the same state, but meet people from all different kinds of, all different walks of life. And it taught me to deal with a lot of different types of people. So I, I pushed my daughter, you know, I live in, in the middle of nowhere here. So, but I, I pushed my daughter to try to get out and meet new people from different cultures, experience different cultures, things like that. So that if she does go out, when she does go out of the world as an adult, everything's not new to her. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I played sports growing up. So you have that winning mindset, right? Yes. Got to um, win. <laughs> yeah, you got to win, right? All the time. And I can tell you, uh, I remember a basketball game where the guy in the other game, other in, other team, his name was James Bond. I still remember. That was <laughs> that's wow. awesome. <laughs> and and we're talking grade school. So this guy looked like a grown man. I'm a little kid, um, and we were tied up. And the coach said, "Hey, get you know, get the ball to Tony. I got the ball. I went up for a layup um, and to tie the game, and I tied the game, and he fouled me. And then I got to do the free throw. Got to uh, throw my free throw, and I." Uh, I made it and I won the game, right? Hell yeah. So that's stuff you remember from your childhood in small things. I was talking to my commander on the run this morning and he's talking about some little skateboard or something he had, right? From when he was a kid. So when you're raising your kids, um, just remember that the small things that you do, they're going to remember some of that stuff, right? Yes. So your spouse remembers the small things. You remember the small things that happened to you as a child um those small things total up to can total up to big things if that yeah. makes sense no so, yeah 100 percent. you just got to try to live the best life you can you know what i mean it's all moments those little moments and this yeah. specifically just to put my little plug in is not a moment it's a movement we're here to make change <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. so first of all, uh, i i want to kind of double back um to your deployment how how was your deployment um, you 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 obviously deployed. What, what years did you uh, deploy? Uh, 04 to 05, uh, 8, 9, 10 to 11. So let's let's talk about them. Let's talk about your deployments. And uh, if if you can, while talking about your deployments, where, just talk about your mental status um, when you came back from each deployment. So I can tell you the first one, because uh, I was only there three and a half months, got meta back to Germany. Oh, from shit. Germany, came back to uh, Walter Reed and then Fort Bragg. What happened? So I was escorting uh, 18 wheelers uh, on a gun truck. It was back then we didn't have gunners harnesses. Um, yeah, I seen your trucks. Yeah, we <laughs> we, we teach metal around the top. You know, we had uh, sheet metal that we tack welded into the sides of the trucks. Oh my god! Um, so yeah. The struggle <laughs> of surviving. <laughs> but we were escorting, uh, we were escorting a uh, convoy eighteen wheelers, and the bridge was out ahead. So we went into oncoming traffic. Same thing we always did. I waved people off the road, off the road. I tracked them to the nine o'clock, and then I came back up to the twelve, so the next gunner could pick them up. Um, vehicle went behind me, but then came back around and hit the front quarter panel of my truck. So the truck did a one eighty and then rolled over. Um, the good news was the night before, literally the night before, 
um, our mechanics welded metal sheet metal around my my turret, uh, thick thick sheet metal around my turret, uh, and that is what kept the truck from crushing me. Holy um, shit! Um, Thank God. But I did I did rupture my spleen, fracture my back, um, fracture some disc in my back. So hey, first time I be seeing you running, you be killing yeah. it out there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You be coming back. I be seeing you go. I, yeah. I watch you. I don't do it, but I watch you. <laughs> I see it. Yeah. So what about your second deployment? What happened with that? So the second deployment was actually not that bad. Uh, I went over there. We worked out of an old Iraqi hospital. Yeah. And then, you know, every now and then you get mortared. But I didn't really have to go off post that much on the second deployment because by then uh, they had really narrow, they had really slowed down on convoys and things like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To try to protect soldiers. Mm -hmm. And the third one? The third deployment was actually in the exact same location as my second one. Oh, so just chilling. I went, I went right back. So okay. Yeah, the first deployment was the by far the 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 craziest deployment. So how were the soldiers' mental health? I mean, if in your first deployment, how were their mental health uh, when they were there and when they came back? If you've seen it. So I could tell you, um, being away from your family for a year, I don't care who you are, it's gonna, it changes you as a person. Yeah. Whether you're single, uh, married, you have kids, and a big, big thing for the family to understand is when you come back, you're not going to be the same person that you were when you left. No, it, definitely not. There's a transition period. It takes some time to get back uh, in there, you know, in everything, get used to everything. Your spouse has been running the house by themselves for a year, and now you come back, you want to change things. Mm -hmm. You may have a short temper with your kids because of the fact that. You haven't had a kid screaming in your face in a year. Yeah, that's the that stuff takes some getting used to. The reintegration um, process is a, I, I, one thing. Real fast, the integration process that we go through when we come back from deployment is actually something that. Um, so I've done a little a little bit of research on it, and the integration process has saved a lot more people than back in two thousand five and two thousand uh, up until two thousand seven. So there's been a lot of change within the reintegration process, but. For, for you, though, how was your mental status after you got hit? So, when I came back, uh, I'm not going to lie, it was, I mean, it's it's almost surreal because you're like, holy cow, I almost died. Yeah. Um, you know, and then I, I, I went unconscious in Iraq and I woke up in Germany. So. Fuck. Yeah. Oh, my God. A hospital bed. I had a, a gastric tube. In my nose, a catheter in, um, and I was naked. And oh, that's always good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I looked through the sheets, and um, I had an eight-inch scar down my stomach, but it was still kind of open. You could see the meat and everything because it was staples. You still uh, got the scar? Oh, yeah. Can we see the scar? Yeah, yeah. Let's see it. Viewers definitely want to see it. <laughs> Go on YouTube if you want to see the scar. But yeah. Hell yeah. That is bad. Holy shit. Yeah, and it's a, it's about a half an inch wide. So that's not going anywhere. That is not going anywhere. That healed. Thank God it healed so good. Yeah. Oh, so man. So I have a scar on each side of that as well from my hernia. What? <laughs> oh, first art. <laughs> Yo, keep running, man. <laughs> Um, if you had, if you had to really look back at it, right. Um, so there's a lot of soldiers that say they want to deploy, they want to go do this, that, and the third, I, I personally can't stand it. Um, I deployed 
you know, I did my stuff. I, I you know, I and at the end of the day, I tell soldiers don't want to don't don't deploy, don't want to see combat. What what would you say to these soldiers? Uh, don't ask for something that you know nothing about. One, yeah. um, and, and I get it. They you know they join because they want to they want to go defend the country, um, and that's that's great. I'm all about it. Um, and if, if you get called upon, then absolutely own it. Um, you know, go out there and, and do your thing. Enjoy, enjoy what you can while you're out there. Like I, I honestly enjoyed every single one of my deployments. And yeah. the reason I deployed, enjoyed my deployments was the people I was surrounded with. Of course. When, when now we say, you know, um, the army is a, a family. I'm going to tell you right now, um, nothing brings you closer to people than being deployed with them. So I, I get that they want to deploy and if their time comes, they, they should absolutely own that, but don't ask for something. They're not um, ready for it, yeah. yeah. Okay, so um, one of the questions I've got is, you as a leader, being a first sergeant, you're in charge of several different soldiers and different leaders themselves. How, do you push um, checking on mental health or just I, I'm not really quite sure how to phrase that question other than like no, I got you, it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. I absolutely I absolutely do. So that same soldier that I was telling you about, right? That was was like down because he was saying, Hey, I um you know, I, I just don't feel like I'm contributing to the team. Uh about four hours later, I contacted his platoon sergeant and said, Hey, check in on this guy. Um, and this is why and let me know. And the platoon sergeant was like, yeah, you know, he, he's down because of the fact that he doesn't feel like he's contributing, but he, he's getting, like, we had him joking by the end of the day. You see yeah. what I'm saying? No, of and course, just, yeah. Yeah, it's just continuing to work with the soldier and let him know. Like, hey, don't worry, like, make it, you can make a joke out of it, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You can't let it yourself, then what's the point, right? Yeah, he, he's the, and, and, I mean, we're soldiers, what do we do? We make fun of each other. Consistently. Oh, yeah. Very consistently. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, he was he was talking about how he was down and stuff. So I'm like, hey man, it's no big deal. You know, we need somebody to sit on the gate from six in the morning till six at night. Anyway, so there you go. No <laughs> oh, shit. Like, so that's what's gonna wind up happening. You know what well, I mean? Don't worry, but, we'll find ways for you to pull your own weight. He'll do yeah. it. Everybody's gonna love you because you pulled that duty when nobody else wants it. So there you go. You contribute. You still a win. Right. <laughs> it's a win. It's a win. Uh, first, I mean, I, I just, I, I got to ask, do you feel, and I, I want you to be 100% honest because our listeners expect pure honesty from us. And I've slowly become just a digger. I think so. I, I'm, I've definitely dug. Do you believe that lead, some leaders, I'm, and I'm not talking about uh, your leader, I'm talking about young leaders, the newest, the new leaders. Do you feel like a lot of them are not as... How do I say it? Are not fully involved with being a leader in that sense of checking on mental health and and and, and you know understanding. And, and you know what? That's what I want to go with. Do do you believe that soldiers, like new leaders, are understanding of these soldiers? Do you think they understand how mental health is, or do you think that they're still trying to maintain that old army mentality because of whoever was in charge of them? I think the young leaders honestly understand it better. Than a lot leaders. of the older leaders and the reason being is because like uh, um the younger leaders they came in the army and as since they've come in the army um they came in the army after a time frame where people have realized hey 
mental health is an issue. Yes. Like we need to make sure that these soldiers, um, because a soldier who's physically strong, but mentally weak is not, is not very, uh, not going to be very effective in combat. Exactly. And we're not at war right now. We're not, you know, right now, garrison's the, like garrison is the battlefield that we need to work on. You know what I'm saying? I I would love my soldiers to be a hundred percent, you know, but no, I, I think this, uh, the army's new holistic health yes, uh, and fitness idea is amazing, to be honest with you. I don't know how much you guys have looked into it yet. I oh, know. I, I've been checking it out pretty good. Right. Yeah. It's been very, it's been, I, I love the, I love the fact that now everybody is starting to understand what mental health is and how it's going. Um, because mental health is obvious. There's no point in having a, a soldier with mental health issues and expect them to perform as good as they're supposed to. You know, it would be like, if. Yeah. Soldier had clearly broken his foot. We're not going to continue to make him run on PT if he's broken his foot not anymore. <laughs> First, Ryan, can I, do you do you have a? This is not a. This is not sponsored. Do you have Apple TV or Apple TV I Plus? I do not. Okay, so I just recently watched this movie called Cherry. I know you you and the thing is, if you haven't watched it, I think you should watch it. It shows exactly what soldiers went through. This is based on a true story, by the way of a soldier deploying as a medic from 2004 to 2005. And what happened in this movie essentially is he goes, he gets deployed, watches his friends dies, come back home and VA doesn't help. Um, Basically didn't know he had PTSD until midway through. Um, He starts uh, becoming a heroin addict and then starts robbing banks. This is all a true story, by the way. Hmm. It's it's solid, and it, and every depiction of it shows just how bad soldiers were back then, and how bad they were, and and the fact that you are the way that you are now, first sergeant, I I congratulate you. I am so happy, and, and you know it's just that that demographic of the those old you know that old time soldier stuff. I've recently posted my my podcast on one of the chat sites for veterans and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and one of the veterans said. And this is literally what he said. He said, oh, they just need to stop bitching and just deal with it. It's the army. Which, okay, it's That's the army. The it's not the first time. It's not the first time. But at the same time, I'm thinking about it. Like, I, when I was a young private, yeah, that's what I thought. Now that where I'm sitting, I start sitting and I'm just like, wait. There is no way that I can have an effective soldier, right, actually doing the job that he's supposed to be doing. If he is not mentally right, especially the ones that came from that have those PTSD, 97% of the suicides of veterans were from men, right? And all from that demographic of 2005, uh, 2003 to 2005. And the fact that you're still here, First Sergeant, obviously you're not going to kill yourself, but I'm very happy that you didn't. And the fact that you have seen the change and understand the change is something very important for soldiers. The fact that your soldiers right now are, if they're listening, can hear that their first sergeant is genuinely feeling that they, they they can feel comfortable to come talk to you is what we're trying to do. We're trying to reduce that stigma. We're trying to stop soldiers from avoiding going to talk to your leadership about the problems that you're having because in fear of what, what what's the fear that I'm I'm going to be a shitbag because I went to to behavior health. I think it's still kind of a thing. Well, for your unit, it's going to be good. Well. You know, when we have leaders in the higher positions, first sergeant, sergeant major, yeah, you know, lieutenants, commanders, all, all these other things, 
it definitely helps to push that for the younger soldiers to see that, okay, this is something to do. I'm almost positive that there are still places out there where they will be seen as yeah. that ship back. But to go back to one mile for sergeants, whenever, you know, he, he compared it to a rock march. And if you're starting to fall behind on a rock march, yeah. you need to ask for help. You need to reach out and ask for help. At all times. You gotta be able to. Because, yeah, we're gonna, we might poke some fun at you. Now we had to maybe lighten your load a little bit to help you finish this ruck mark, but at the end, we still care. We want to make, we want you to finish. First of all, back in your time, did you guys trust the, you and your soldier, your, your buddies, your battle buddies, your leaders back then? Did you trust your leader at all times with pretty much anything? Yeah. Do you feel as if we've lost that trust with soldiers in this day and age? I would say um, some of that trust, yes, absolutely. Some of that trust is is, uh, is gone. And I think part of it is we, uh, I remember basically we were just, you follow orders regardless of what, um, what you think of the orders. You just execute, right? Yeah. We don't do that anymore. That's not how we're taught. We're, we're teaching soldiers to think for themselves, things like that now, right? Yeah. So, um, you and I could both have the right answer to a question. We just have two different ways of getting to, getting yeah. to it. Right? So you're always going to think you're right. I'm always going to think I'm right. But at the end of the day, we're both right. We just don't see uh, that because of the fact that we want to stick to our, our narrow path. Uh, and basically, as leaders, I think we just need to uh, be open-minded and realize that you learn every day. You learn something from people that you're surrounded by and that is from the lowest rank of private in your formation uh to the highest ranking officer you learn stuff and you take that um and go where you need to go with it but yeah that's that's how you build trust right you know, yeah when i listen to a private give me information and i'm like you know what that's a good idea we're going to take that and run with it that right there builds trust in a team yeah i i agree I, and trust is i think trust is um, very important. Like me personally, I trust a lot of my, I trust all my leaders here where I'm at. Um, I mean, from the top to the bottom, I trust every single one. I mean, first on Lincoln, the first time I met you, I was terrified because you had that face and it was at a board. So <laughs> that's the first time I met you. But as soon as, you know, we started talking that one time, I was like, oh shit. Okay. He's a, he's a solid dude. But just like the way you talk to your soldiers, I can see that's the type of leader that you're the type of leader that we need. You're the type of leaders, you, First Sergeant Castleman, um, a lot of leaders that I've seen, uh, Sergeant First Class Reyes, who came on uh, last week, uh, amazing, amazing leaders, mm-hmm. right? And I love to see, you know, good leaders because now soldiers, and, and the fact that you're on the podcast right now ultimately shows that you want to show that. I feel like it, it exemplifies it even more because your ideal of mental health is important. So, from mental health back then to currently right now, what was the difference from your time to our time? Yeah, back then, there were not a lot of people going to uh, be to any kind of behavioral health, um, things like that. Like, pretty frowned upon. Um, it wasn't even, like, for me, it was never even an option. I, I don't, I'm sure, you know, it was available. Yeah. But I would have never in a million years would have went when I was lower enlisted. Now, even uh, as a first sergeant, if I felt I needed to go, I would go. 
Okay, that's good. That and and admitting it. Can I can I ask you a personal question, if possible, first, sir? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, so, I mean, it can't get more personal. I mean, I saw your chest. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, if you were to, if you were honestly, do do have you ever had a time where you were, you know, and just to show, you know, being human to soldiers, right? You as a first sergeant, have you ever had that depression? Have you ever had that anxiety issue? Absolutely. So I can tell you, I don't mean, was that the end of the question? Oh yeah, that's the end of the question. Go ahead. First time. I can tell you when I came back from that first deployment, I was, uh, you know, I had this giant scar. Um, I was a very vain person. Mm -hmm. I was very um, extremely fit. I always had over 300 APFT, you know, at all times. That's it. And then, yeah, I came back and... You know, they had cut my stomach open, so I had the scar. Anytime I go to the beach now, I'm gonna have the scar. Um, and you know, you you realize I'm I'm 22 years old at this time. I, I believe it was 22, 23. So I'm like, dang, I'm gonna have this, you know, the rest of my life. And and I remember waking up. I was on convalescent leave, so I was waking up in my parents' house back home in Oklahoma. Um. And I got up to turn on the light and the light switch was in the same exact spot that it was at in my tent in Iraq. And back then we had a tent with a dirt floor mm. and I turned the light on and that's when I realized I wasn't in Iraq. Like that happened more than once, you know? So it's kind of a, sh a shock to your body. And then a few months later, uh, you know, everybody comes back. I was pretty depressed that whole, uh, that whole time. But when everybody came back, I was super excited. I got a phone call from my squad leader saying, hey, they're handing out the, the deployment awards. You need to come, they're presenting the deployment awards. You need to come over here and get yours. And I go over there, you know, I've already met with everybody, shook their hands, getting off the plane. And I go over to the company and that's when my platoon sergeant was uh, informed me that I didn't have a, an award. Uh, they submitted me for, I believe he said an ARCOM uh, for Valor. Yeah. Um, and it got kicked back. He, according to him, the first sergeant at the time uh, made made a statement that I'm not going to repeat on air. Sent it back, um, and I I didn't get it. I didn't receive a deployment award for that first deployment. Shit. Um, I've never received. I never received one. So for a long time, I I kind of hated the army, like with a passion. Yeah. Um, thinking that you know all because of this, this award right and one day it just it just hit me why am I mad because I didn't receive an award you don't do this shit for awards yeah. you know what I mean you do this because you want to you want to protect the nation you want to do the right thing um, and it's selfless right selfless service yeah so, mm -hmm. you're mad because I didn't get an award and I think that was like a point where I changed my life because I started looking at things like, okay, what can I do to change things? Yeah. And soldiers a lot of times tell me, you know, when they're depressed, they feel like they don't control anything because the army tells them where they're living and all that stuff. To be honest with you, you have a lot of control over your life. You just have to realize it and then control the things that you can control. And if you, if you realize all the things that you have control over, uh, it, it turns your life around. It really does.
you know, uh, to kind of piggyback off that, I, I all, all right, I experienced exactly what. Okay, sir. <laughs> Piggybacking over yeah. first, sorry, yeah. Roger. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, I know that we we have MRTC since I've come back in. I haven't seen that, but I remember one of the biggest things is hunt the good stuff. Yes. Still. Always look for the good in the situation. Give me three positives about the scenario. And that's and that's a huge thing that I think a lot of people can really use. It's like whenever you're down doing some detail at the railhead or yeah. down in the middle of nowhere, you're sweating like a pig, you're just dehydrated and you're working your butt off. You know, you gotta ask yourself, am I gonna be upset with this? Yeah. Because one of the things because I've done a lot of introspective stuff because I've been wondering why is it that I'm so unhappy with where I'm at? Well, part of it is, a lot of it is my mindset and I had to start asking myself questions of, am I really trying my best or am I letting the excuses of those around me affect me? Am I using those excuses? Am I using them and just giving up right then and there? And it's a hard question to ask yourself. You think, oh, yeah, I can be honest and I can do all these things. But then when you start asking yourself these questions, you start going, um, oops. Yeah. Yeah. You just kind of shrink away from it. But I found that by answering that honestly and really taking a good look at yourself, you can you start to understand. Yeah, I'm I'm using the excuses of those around me so that I can get away with stuff. and I don't have to work as hard. Yeah. When the reality is you become, I guess, more satisfied with what you're doing when you when you are pushing yourself no, to get yeah. everything done. Yeah, working hard. Work hard. Yeah, it benefits you. It makes and you feel good. To your point, what you said is we don't do this for rewards. We do this because we want to. Yeah. And I, if you're only doing it for an award, then this isn't the place for you. Hey, uh, first, sorry. So if, if I could just ask you, uh, you know, I guess a parting question. Um <clears throat> Uh, what is your take personally on, uh, on, I guess on mental health, what is just your take and something that you'd like to say to soldiers or anyone listening? I, I think we've made a lot of progress, uh, as far as mental health goes, identifying, uh, soldiers that may have mental health issues, but we still have a long way to go. Um, you're still, you're still going to have people in the formation that are afraid to speak up about it and, and, to the soldiers out there listening, uh, to anybody that's out there listening, if you think you need help, go talk to somebody. You know what I mean? And let let an expert determine whether or not you need that help. If if you think you might need help, go seek help. Uh, it's it, in the the earlier you you seek help, the better. Waiting till um, the problem escalates, you know, and you've been dealing with something for six months or a year or years. That's not the right answer. Yeah. Uh, try to get ahead of things. You Be know, proactive, solve. not reactive. Exactly. Solve the problem before it becomes a problem. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I you know. That's it. First, honestly, there's one more question I'd like to ask you. Uh-oh. One more question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know that you came on to check how we were, right? So how are we doing? <laughs> now, you, you guys are doing pretty good, man. Um, I love the fact that you guys are tapping on subjects that are important. Uh, and behavioral health is extremely important. Like I was, that I was telling you the uh, holistic health and fitness guy. Yeah, I talked to him the other day, and I'm glad the army finally realizes that um, you know mental and physical health tie into each other. 
Yeah. And we, we need to create an environment where those things tie into each other so we can make the strongest, smartest, fit, fittest soldiers on the battlefield. And the fact that you guys are bringing stuff up like that, talking about uh, issues that, you know, if you help one person with this, one person goes and in, in, uh, seeks help because of uh, your podcast, then, you, you know, you've accomplished a great feat, to be honest with you. It becomes a ripple effect that one person you help decides, hey, yep. I'm going to go help somebody else out. Yeah, that's the that's the goal. That's the hope. Best thing we can do is get this started. Yeah, and I mean, we, we're obviously starting in a, uh, we started off at S3 at some point. <laughs> oh, shh. But we've been working our way up. Um, but, uh, you know, honestly, first, I thank you so much for coming on today. I know you were a little bit skeptical. I'm glad that you, you're into it. Um, but I, I'm very happy that you came on. And I, I know for a fact your soldiers are going to listen, which gives us more views. <laughs> um, but we're so happy that you came on and actually shared your story and talked to us about mental health because we feel like it's extremely important. So, yeah. <laughs> it really is. Again, first of all, we can't thank you enough for coming and discussing this. I think it's great for not only soldiers, but leaders to see that it's important for other leaders to be able to recognize mental health and when soldiers need that little extra push. Yeah. <laughs> so, seriously, a huge thank you, person. Hey, no problem, guys. I appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, anytime you guys want, you know, anytime you guys if you guys want me coming back on sometime, just give me a call. Let me know. Oh, yeah, we definitely will. We're, we're de- I have some big plans set up for those of you that don't know. But for all you guys out there that's listening, you guys can obviously check us out on every single podcasting platform that is out currently right now. Spotify, Apple, Google. We are currently on YouTube if you want to see our beautiful faces. Um, you Make sure you guys try to donate. I doubt you will, but donate to Anchor. Um, you guys can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and all those other things. Make sure when you go on YouTube, you subscribe, hit the notification bell. And if you guys actually click on one of these sides, it'll be the video from last week. And for those that's listening at home, just click the next uh, the next link, the next podcast link. Um, I, this is Josh Maria. I'm Kevin Norvell. And I'm First Sergeant Linger. And we are signing out of extra duty. First Sergeant, this is the first time a First Sergeant has been on extra duty, by the way. All right. See you later, First Sergeant.